Hey everybody, welcome to the V1 Church Podcast. This is your lead pastor, Mike Signorelli, and we've got an exciting episode as I tag team teach with my good friend Muta from Relevant Church, Niles, Michigan, where he's the lead pastor. And listen, before we step into this tag team teaching, I wanna let you know that you can actually find another resource. It's a powerful conversation I had with a formerly racist white NYPD who is completely set free by Jesus. He's now a pastor, Pastor Andrew, and over 40,000 people viewed that within the first day. So go ahead and head over to Facebook, search me, Mike Signorelli. Check out that conversation. It's a great resource because V1 Church is crossing all boundaries like Jesus did. And we're having crucial conversations where we're saying, hey, what would it look like if we got reconciliation? instead of revenge. So without further ado, check out this conversation I had with Pastor Muti. You're going to learn so much, and I'll see you on the other side with another important message. Hey, V1 Church. Hey, Relevant Niles. We're doing a combination moment for you. It's going to be an incredible time. First of all, for those of you who don't know, this is my good friend, Muta. You want to say what's up? What's up, guys? And hey, let me introduce my good friend to you guys, Relevant Church. This is Pastor Mike of V1 Church. Say what's up, Pastor Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's always talking about, man, it would be so incredible to see churches come together through this time. And so I was like, you know what? We're going to make it happen. And I believe that we got a very special, special teaching that we want to present to you. As a matter of fact, like in the moments before we hit the record button and uh, we were just sharing with each other and it became very obvious that the Holy Spirit's already in this. Yeah. So I'm excited to throw down with you, man. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to be here. So glad that we're doing this thing together. This is truly uh, a godsend. This is, this is definitely a God thing. So I'm in it. Yeah, come on. So why don't you go ahead and take out your Bibles if you haven't already. I'll show you mine. I've got my old school physical Bibles. Get ready to take notes because you're going to learn so much. (laughs) I want to actually pray just to jump us off. So um, if you haven't already, share this broadcast right now. Tag your friends. They so desperately need to hear what Pastor Muta is going to teach. And I believe that God's going to move in a mighty way. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for what only you can do during this broadcast. Lord, I thank you that every share is a divine appointment. Every tag is a divine appointment. And out of this service right now across regions and even people watching around the world, there is going to be healing, deliverance, and freedom as your word is released. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So Pastor Muta, like, how would you explain to to both of our churches like our relationship? <laughs> man, I, I don't even know, man. It's 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 been so cool to just get connected, um, and it was really really random. I met you actually at a link event. It was an equip, um, and you were there. Pastor Dave Gargano introduced us, and from then on, I was like, man, I got to get connected to you because he kept on saying, man, reach out to Mike, reach out to Mike, and so I was like, cool, let, let, let's let's get connected. And from the time I sent you that first text message you replete you replied and it was that's all she wrote man we've been brothers ever <laughs> since so dude i appreciate you i love you man i thank you for how you've poured into our church incredibly so yeah mm-hmm. man this has been good 
Um, well, I just want to say this because we're going like full bromance before we jump in. Hey, it's all right. Um, all right. <laughs> we were on a panel to discuss race, racism in the church, racism in, in the United States. And, yeah. Um, it was funny because so many V1 church people, it was their very first exposure to you. Yeah. And I, it was like immediately after the, the, the little event was over, my phone blows up and all my, we have like WhatsApp groups for our dream team. And mm-hmm. they're like, we got to get Pastor Muta. We oh, want to hear this guy. He was incredible. So, you know, we haven't started like the official Pastor Muta V1 Church fan page yet. It's all wild, man. Listen, like I said, I'm just riding off of your coattails, bro. Hey, listen, you've got the platform. Just bring up the little guys with you. That's all I say. Well, you know what, though? Like you you brought so much wisdom and so much insight and you shared your personal story and people, it, they were really resonating with it. Something I want to start by saying is, and, and this is to, to both of our churches, people are fatigued. Oh, yeah. And the question that Absolutely. everybody is collectively asking right now is when is this going to end or when's it going to get better or how long is it going to be like this? And whether you're protesting, whether you're parenting, you know, whether you're watching those talking heads in the politics politicians and, and the news uh, every day. It's it's like we're just collectively tired. Man, As a matter of fact, tell talk. everybody what the series is at, at Relevant Niles right now. So right now we're in a series at Relevant Niles called When Will It Stop? So isn't that incredible that we're doing this right now? Yeah, it was crazy. I told him, I said, I really want to come from the perspective of, of, you know, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. And so as we think about this scripture, everybody knows it. They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll they'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. And we've quoted that. We've put it on a bumper sticker. We wore Mm -hmm. a shirt back in the day. But, you know, right now, the, the thing that I wanted to start with is... I really think if you're experiencing fatigue and you're watching this and you're saying, man, I'm hopeful, I believe that God is doing something in the midst of this, but I'm also tired. I guess the question I want to ask everybody watching is, um, who are you waiting on? Because they that wait upon the Lord, he'll renew their strength. But if you're waiting on politicians, come on, somebody. If If you're waiting on some of your family members and your friends to get it, you could be ex- extremely exhausted. And so what I, what we do every single time we meet on Sundays and we show up and you broadcast to a tablet, to your, to your screen, to your television, to your phone, and you take this time to pause as you're saying, no, Lord, I'm going to wait upon you because you are going to do what only you can do. Absolutely. And are we fighting the good fight for political change? Absolutely. Yeah. Are we fighting in our families that are that to educate our friends and our circles so that they can change absolutely but you know what they that wait upon the lord so these sunday broadcasts are so important because it's us saying seek first the kingdom and then all those things are going to be added unto you so right pastor mike it's it just reminds me of that text in isaiah 26 3 and 4 it's been one of my favorite texts in life it's been one of those texts that i go to every time there's turmoil anytime there's frustration anytime there's fatigue in my life i go to isaiah 26 3 and four and it says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you and these are the times where we're reminded that if we keep our mind focused on Jesus Christ if we keep our minds focused on the Lord that you God will keep us in perfect peace you will be in perfect peace and it says in verse four it says 
Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Listen, everywhere else right now, if you try to stand on what the media is saying, that's shaky ground. If you try to stand on uh, just political persuasions, that's shaky ground. If you try to stand on your own, I'm going to pull my bootstrap by myself and try to uh, white knuckle this and just try to get through this, that's shaky ground. But if you trust in the Lord, the Lord God is an everlasting rock. That is going to be a stable foundation. You will always find yourself in courage, equipped to go the distance because this life is a journey, man, and we've got to get to the other side. And if we trust in the Lord, man, we will make it, man. Yeah, you know, what we were talking, it's like some of these scriptures sound so cliche. Like, yeah, I've heard it, I've heard it, but the power is accessed when you live it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, faith comes when we hear the word, but then it's faith without works is dead. It's dead, man. And you the power is thing. accessed when you start walking it out. And that's why it's so important for us to have these rhythms in our life when, when we just take a pause and say, you know what, Lord, we believe in changing those other domain, domains, but we're waiting on you to do what only you can do. And I want to bring you hope today. And actually, the, um, we were talking about this, but uh, Pastor Muta shared his story. And his story brings so much hope because I think that sometimes we can mistakenly apply secular solutions to secular problems. You know, it was like Jesus, they were begging Jesus, man, overthrow Rome. We're yeah. under Rome, Roman occupation. These Roman soldiers are subjugating us to all kinds of abuse of authority and abuse Absolutely. of power. And, and Jesus is going to rise up and overthrow Rome. And Jesus had said, actually, you know what? I've got, I don't have a political plan, but I do have an eternal one. Come on now. And you know what? 2,000 years later, Rome doesn't exist anymore, but Jesus is still saving souls. Absolutely. And so it's like, I'm telling you, it's like God wants to do something eternal. And when I heard Muta's story, I was like, man, the world needs to hear his story because it's actually what our heart's crying out for. Absolutely. And I said this last Sunday as we kicked off our series, The Jesus Way. The Jesus. I said that we yes. are a kingdom citizen eternally and first, yes. and we are U.S. citizens second and only temporarily. Oh, yeah. And only so temporary. God's got a plan that. for us eternally. And what happened in Muta's life was like eternal. So can you, do you mind getting super vulnerable and just sharing what, what God did in your life, man? Absolutely. I'm going to try to try to go fast and summarize it. But um, when I was in the fifth grade, I got moved to a new school new community, um, only black kid um, in my neighborhood, and only one of, I think, two or three black kids in our entire elementary school. And I remember when I first heard the N-word, I thought they were saying N-I-G-G-A. So I was like, yo, what up? And the other black kid at the school was just like, nah, bruh, they're saying N-I-G-G-E-R. This is a bad thing. Don't, because that was the first time I actually really heard it as a racial slur. And ever since then, I mean, my school uh, career if you can so to speak just went downhill um, each year sixth grade there was racism there was hate there was prejudice uh, I remember moving into our neighborhood in uh, I believe it was the seventh grade and being followed to school every single day uh, there was a white van that followed us to school every single day there was you know clan member a few doors down I mean it just this was the pressure that we lived in and every time I'd go to school it wouldn't just be uh, students that are throwing racial slurs it was teachers teachers were just trying to beat us down and beat me down and I remember in the eighth grade man my teacher I, I, I handed in a paper 
And I knew I had gotten everything right because when I got it back, I checked with another girl who was sitting next to me. I said, I could have swore I got this right. And she was like, oh, yeah, you got that right. So I go back to my teacher. And I said, listen, why did you give me a D or an F on this paper? I can't even remember what it was, but all, all I know is it was a low grade. But I do remember what she said to me. And she said, listen, Muta, I don't even know why you try so hard. You're black. You're never going to be anything in life. You're going to end up dead in jail or on drugs. And telling an eighth grader that does something to you. I mean, that became a self-fulfilling prophecy in my life because I started uh, feeling that that's all that I was going to be. Didn't matter what my dad did for a living. Didn't matter what my family, who my family members were. I felt like she spoke into my soul and gave me a destiny of death. And so I really just, I quit. I quit uh, paying attention in school. I quit uh, paying attention to my education. And by the time ninth, 10th grade, I was just tired of fighting. I was tired of always trying to defend who I was and defending my identity that I ended up dropping out of school. And most people, you know, you drop out of school because I just don't want to be in school anymore. I don't, uh, uh, or this is stupid. No, I dropped out of school because I was, I was beat down. I was discouraged. I thought my life would never amount to anything. And as God would have it, you know, fortunate things happen in my life. And I was able to get into a career, start working all before I had a college degree or a high school diploma. But then I found myself having so harboring so much hatred towards whites. I remember even when I was in school, um, I actually got expelled in the eighth grade because I got into a fight. And I remember the, the, um, counselor who was speaking to me had my dad come into the room. My dad was like, man, what's wrong with my son? Why, why did he lash out in anger? She was like, he's not, uh, he, he doesn't, it's not that he's an aggressor. He's just in pain. There's a lot of hate inside. He does not like white people. So get him out of the school. You need to move him out of that school. Anyway, fast forward to a time where I realized because of this hate, because of this anger, I had isolated myself. The church that I went to was all black. The friends that I had were all black. My kids were growing up in an environment where I isolated them. I isolated them against anybody else who didn't look like them. And in, in, in one moment, God really convicted me and says, do you really want the same hate that's inside of you? to live and exist in your kids. Because when you look around, what you experienced growing up in school was people's hate being um, transferred down to their kids. And I said, no, I don't want this for my, uh, for my sons. And so I, I told my wife, I said, we've got to find a new church and we've got to find either a multi-ethnic church or we've got to intentionally go to a church where people don't look like us. And so we found a church in our area. It was also a church plant, which was really cool. And I remember walking into church for the very first time. I'm holding my son. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, this is the first time I'm really being in a multi-ethnic church. And um, the lead pastor's wife comes and grabs my son. And I just let him go. And she's like, oh, come in, check him into our kid's environment. Drop the kids off into kid's environment. Went, sat in church. And then it clicked. I'm like, I just let a white lady take my child. Man, I booked out of that theater so quick, went, grabbed my, uh, uh, went to go see how my son was doing, and I saw this young uh, girl, she was just holding my son, my son is sound asleep, and my God, uh, and God said, hey, shoot, my God, yeah, God said, God. if you would just trust me and, and lean into the love that I have for you, I will show you something totally different. And then fast forward to a time where I actually went on staff with this very same church. And even while I was on staff, there was hate, there was prejudice inside of me. I didn't trust the staff around me. I really felt like everybody was out to get me just because of my experience. And we were on a staff retreat and the song, How Deep the Father's Love, 
started playing and we were singing that song. And in that moment, God broke me and said, see the love that I have for you, that I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins, even though you were broken, even though you turned your back on me, even though you hated me. In in fact, your sins put my son on the cross. My love was so deep that I forgave you, that I redeemed you, not because you deserved it, but because I chose to. I loved you in that moment. And I need you to do the same thing for everybody that has hurt you, everybody that has come against you. The only way we'll see healing and uh, redemption in this world is when people learn to have the same love that Jesus Christ had. Man, Mike, I was weeping. Pastor Mike, I was I was so broken because I recognized who I was. I recognized the sinner that I was. And for Jesus to give his life for me while I was yet a sinner, it was time for me to let go of all of the hate, all of the prejudice, and forgive those even though they didn't know that I was forgiving them who would hurt me. And I didn't tell you this earlier. I remember grabbing two white guys who went to the church and a black woman, and I stood in front of them. I said, today I need to repent. I need to repent of my hate. I need to repent of my anger. I need to uh, repent of my prejudice. And so for you, my white brothers, I've, I've secretly hated y'all. I've secretly judged you guys. I've secretly looked at you guys with suspicion. And I want to ask you guys to forgive me. And I talked to my uh, to, to the black woman that was there. I like, and I want to do this in front of you because I want somebody else to witness what reconciliation looks like. Hey, this is how God had called us to be, uh, be one man. And now we've got to bring that back. And so, man, that's my story, man. If, wow. if it wasn't for the gospel, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ's love for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this situation. And this only happened eight years ago. Come on. You know, I kept thinking God can't heal what we won't reveal. Come on now. So and true. there came a moment where you had to reveal. But, you know, for those of you listening, can you think about his story? I mean, this is Pastor Muta. He pastors now a diverse church. Absolutely. Now, if that doesn't cause you to jump up off your couch and start running around your house shouting I'm glory, you. I mean, come on. But I, but I was so disturbed thinking about in in Michigan, yeah. here in the United States, right? That's where that occurred with your, your school. For sure. That that a teacher used their authority and their influence in the most formative years of his life. Yeah. That's like, you know, th- those years that are so crucial to really create your identity and says, why are you even trying? I mean, right. one of the most blatant, over-the-top, violently racist verbiage that you can use. Yeah, and absolutely. it breaks him. And For so sure. what society does is society always treats the symptoms. It never treats the root. Come on, Politics man. treats That's the good. symptoms. Politics very rarely treats the root. Come on. But Jesus always goes to the root. And when I heard his story, I thought, this is a story that the world desperately needs to hear. Absolutely. Because what happens is, what, and this is his story, so full of hate. Mm-hmm. And he challenges himself. I'm going to go to a church. Uh, with people that don't look like me, which I'm so thankful for V1 Church being a church like that. So thankful for Relevant Relevant uh, being a church like that. But even in that, that wasn't enough. 
because behavior modification doesn't work in the area of races. So he's like, man, well, maybe I'll modify my behaviors and I'll show up to a church that's diverse. But And and people are saying, we need tangible steps. Here's the tangible step. The Father's love. That's it. And I, you know, when you were telling your story, I couldn't help but to think about all the times in scripture where people are encountered by God's love or some miraculous supernatural, whether it's an angelic encounter yeah. or God himself. It was like the prophet Isaiah. He encounters God. He's like, oh man, I'm so full of sin. You yeah. know, like help me. And it's, it's like, you know, Moses, the burning bush, he, he yeah. falls to his face. Like, it's like when you have a supernatural encounter with God's love, I'm telling you. the first thing Thing you'll do is look in the mirror Absolutely. and say, I've got to change. I've got to, I've got to reveal it so God can heal it For because sure. the light shines so bright. It illuminates everything. And so, you know, like I wanted to bring his story into the forefront and I want you guys to share this with as many people as you Absolutely. can, because it's like, we, I wish that his story would have been that, that that teacher would have came back to him years later and said, hey, Muta, I want to reconcile what was inside of you and the, and the hatred, but that didn't happen. You want to hear something so, funny, Mike? Yeah. I met that teacher years later. Come on. Wow, and, come on, we're flowing. But, but here's the deal. It, it's, not the way, it's not the way you think it would be. I, I met her at a wedding, and I walked up to her, and this 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 should teach somebody. I need this somebody to really lean in. So I had made it, you know, quote unquote. I had a family. I had a good job, and I remember seeing her at uh, this wedding. And in my heart, this is before I'm like before God does it work in my heart. I mm. walked up to her to prove to her how wrong that she was, and. I walked up to her and I was like, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, remember me? Remember how you told me how I was never going to be in life? I'm married now and I've got a child now and I'm doing good now. And she looked at me and she says, so what? And she walked away. And I felt worse because my pride wanted to prove something to her. When God says, hey, listen, just stay humble. I've given you grace. grace. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody. You don't need to prove yourself to her. All of your haters, hey, like Jay-Z said, brush your shoulders off. Like, <laughs> let it go. Because the only person who you've got to please in this world is God, not your haters, not the people who hate you, not the people who you're trying to prove wrong. And in this, even in the season that we're in right now, we're trying to prove something to a lot of people. And I'm telling you, when we try to prove something to someone, that's just exposing the pride inside of us. And we're going to be left even more hurt and in more pain. If you just look to Jesus, if you trust in the Lord, he will give you the fruits of your labor. He will give you the peace that you need and he will elevate you as needed and when needed for your life. Come so on. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out. There. Yeah, man. God is all in this conversation. I know you all feel the Holy Spirit moving inside of you. Here's the question that he was confronted with. In my hurt and pain, do I want revenge or do I want reconciliation? There you go. And, and so, and I want to read First Peter chapter three verse eight because it's gonna. It, it literally he quoted it. Finally, everyone, we must live in harmony. Be sympathetic, love each other, have compassion and be humble. Don't pay people back with evil for the evil they do to you or ridicule those 
who ridiculed you. Instead, bless them because you were called to inherit a blessing. And if you want to release the blessing of God in your life, you've got to, you've got to choose reconciliation over revenge. But Pastor Muta was saying something so profound. He was saying, you can't reconcile with someone you've never been in relationship with. That's it, man. And so as we come to a close, man, I feel the power of God so strongly on this broadcast. I hope you shared this four times into every group you're a part of and tagged all your friends because there's something, there's a significant breakthrough that's getting ready to happen. We're going to, we got two churches joined together for this broadcast and we're getting ready to pray in a few moments. And God, this is so much bigger than you can ever imagine because this is about forgiveness. Absolutely. And we all have people that have, have sown those seeds that took root in our heart, that told us you're stupid you're dumb you'll never amount to anything right. and and this is and there's a but see forgiveness is the solution and it's in real relationship. We were talking about that scripture that says what, Pastor Muta? It's good to be in relationship with each other. It's, yeah, Psalm 133.1. Behold how good and pleasant. Not just how good, but it's pleasant. It's refreshing. It's calming. It's peaceful. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And this is when God's children dwell in unity. Brothers, brothers and sisters, everyone, if we are in unity how good and pleasant it it, it is. Listen, unity brings about refreshing. And, And there's so much disunity happening right now. There's so much brokenness that's happening right now. And the question is, do you want to lean into disunity or do you want to bring about good and pleasant and nature in your life through unity. And this is what I was telling Pastor Mike. I said, man, this is the time for us to get close to people who we love. Get close to the people who bring us joy. Get close to the people who are reminding us that we are created in Christ's image, that we are the head and not the tail. This is the time to get around those people who you laugh with, that you joke with, man. Go out through summertime now. Get a barbecue going. Invite some folks to the house. And, you know, as long as you guys, you know, stay socially distanced and all that. We're kind of still in this COVID-19 season. <laughs> but check it out, man. Get in unity with someone. We need more unity. And so turn off the TV because that's just spewing disunity. Stop Come listening on. to the pundits for a moment. That's spewing more disunity. Get close to somebody who draws you into a place of, of pleasant fellowship, kind of like we're doing right now with Pastor Mike and I, man. I love being with this brother. We are in unity. And I'm telling you, even in this broadcast right now, how good and how pleasant it is for me to be with my brother doing this thing together. Oh, come on. I got chills all over me right now. You know, it it is refreshing. And with all these conversations right now to see two, you know, people are saying, I'm tired of religion. Churches can't get along. Well, guess what? They just did. People are saying black and white can't get along. Guess what? They just did. did. And what we're showing is the father's love. So I want to do this. I want to pray it out. And I I was thinking about, well, how do we do this? Here's here's a moment. There may be somebody right now who's saying, "I, I got this inside of me and you feel like Muta in his story where he said, I've got to go grab my brother and sister. I gotta, I've got to reveal it so God can heal it. Yeah. And I feel like there's an appropriate place right now. And I want to pray and then I want Muta to pray after me. And we're going to shut this thing down today and, and, and with a breakthrough moment. Yeah. But I just want to, I want to say that this, I had a moment with our team and our staff where I got them together and I said, I want this to start with me. I'm confessing I've been racist. I am a racist. I have uh-huh. racism in 
in me, seeds in me. And we started going through a time of confession and it was a powerful moment. And I want to just take the next 30 seconds and and I want to pray. And then Muta, you can just close it out with a prayer. Okay. Absolutely. For sure. If you're watching right now and you're saying, I need to forgive no matter what your story is. You need in this moment to choose reconciliation instead of revenge and let the Lord release you. We've said it so many times, but unforgiveness is like drinking a vial of poison and then looking at the other person and expecting them to die. You're only hurting yourself. And so the Lord wants to free everybody today. So let's just pray together. Father, we confess that in our lives, seeds have been sown. People have said the wrong thing, done the wrong thing. But we choose in these moments right now to forgive them because, Father, forgiveness frees us. And Lord, I thank you that we are going to reveal the things that only you can heal in this moment. And as the Father's love is being poured out upon every home, Lord, around the world that's watching this broadcast, I pray that chains would be broken and where no one else can go to the root, your love can go to the root. And Father, because you died on that cross, your blood has not lost its power. Mm. And 2,000 years later, you set Muta free and you are setting many others free as we receive you now in Jesus name. Jesus name. God, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for being in this moment, being in every house, being in every car, being in every room where this is being consumed. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will move like a mighty rushing wind. Lord, I pray that people will begin to feel chills right now as the Holy Spirit just descends on them so powerfully, so heavily right now. Break the chains of anger, Break the chains of frustration. Break the chains of of pain, of unforgiveness, Lord. I pray that you will bring freedom in people's lives right now. I pray, God, that the same freedom that freed Jesus from the grave, the same power that freed Jesus from the grave is going to raise them up to new life even in this moment right now. I pray that people will just start crying out to you in this moment, asking for forgiveness, forgiving other people, releasing people from the bondage that they've kept them in, Lord, the unforgiveness that they've kept them in. So God, we thank you that in this moment that release is happening all over the world. Everybody under the sound of our voice today is being released in this moment. We thank you for the chains that are broken. Thank you for the freedom that has been wrought. Thank you for the refreshing that has come. Thank you for the joy that is being restored. Thank you that, Lord, we're going to see unity and how good and pleasant it will be as we live out this next season of our lives in unity, seeking reconciliation, seeking relationship, not only with others, but ultimately with you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, come on, church. We just learned Jesus's way. I can't wait to hear the testimonies. Make sure you drop a comment. Make sure you send us an email because we're believing that there's so many more stories as a result of this broadcast. Thank you so much, Pastor Muta. Man, I can't wait to continue the journey with you. And uh, I just can't wait to see what God did. We love you guys and we'll see you next Sunday. Take care. Peace. 
Wow, wasn't that incredible? Listen, so many people were impacted by Pastor Muta's story of being set free from unforgiveness. I believe that God has already done something special in your heart, and we want to hear about it. So head over to www.v1.church. Drop us a message. Let us know your testimony. And also, would you consider helping us reach people around the world by giving? Click give, and within eight seconds, you can support what we're doing, not just here in New York, but helping people hear about Jesus Christ all around the world. See you next week.